Welcome to the Covenant Journey Podcast. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to deepen your faith, knowledge, and love of our Lord Jesus as we explore the timeless treasures of the Bible. Join us now as we explore God's Word. On today's Covenant Journey Bible Podcast, we're going to be picking up the book of Revelation, chapter 19. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Covenant Journey. We begin our journey through the book of Revelation, and we're now approaching the end. And just to reiterate, as we begin, the book of Revelation begins with and ends with and all in between a book about Jesus Christ, about the Lamb who only is the one worthy to be able to open the scroll that has the future destiny of you and I and all of human history. And that begins in chapter 1 with the up and down cycle between scenes. If you were to, as I mentioned earlier, have book of Revelation in the form of a play, you would have different scenes with the curtain closing and then a change of scene. And so chapter 1 begins with the heavenly scene, chapter 2 and 3, the churches now the curtain is closed. They're opened up on the seven churches of the book of Revelation. Chapter 4, the curtain is closed. And chapters 4 and 5, they're back up in heaven and you see God on the throne. In chapter 5, you see the Lamb who ultimately takes the book that's written on both sides from the Father and the seven seals begin to unfold. You have this up and down series. Now, we were in last week up through chapter 18, uh, looking at where we were in this up and down series. So let's begin with chapter 19, verse 1. Uh, then I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for his judgments are true and just. He has judged the great prostitute, who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Uh, once more they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. Verse 4, And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who is seated on the throne, saying, Amen! Hallelujah! And from the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God! all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. So you don't have to guess where this scene is. Again, it's part of this pattern. And we're taking a broad overview of the book of Revelation. We're leaving it to future study to actually apply some of the specifics of the book of Revelation. Some of them are pretty obvious. Some of them are very clear. For example, the woman in chapter 12 is depicting the birth of Jesus. The dragon is actually identified as Satan, who was waiting upon the birth of Jesus, wanting to devour him and kill him. But that baby is ultimately caught up to heaven and to his throne, which is Jesus. And then the dragon, or Satan, who is identified very clearly, goes out and makes war to the earth with the rest of the offspring the followers of Jesus Christ, those who are truthful and those who have patient endurance following the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So that is very clear. Those are clear symbols that are interpreted. The symbols in chapter 1 are very clear. The candlestick, those represent the churches. It's actually interpreted there. So all of those are very clear. But there's some places within the book of Revelation where it's not clear what the symbol means because it doesn't give you that clear interpretation. This has led to different kinds of approaches to the book of Revelation. And all of those approaches are fine. I'm not going to pick one over the other. You may have your own particular approach to the book of Revelation. But there is the preterist approach, that everything in the book of Revelation has already been fulfilled. Well, I don't think that that particular approach can be fully accurate. Did the book of Revelation, part of it, apply to some of the people that, that was reading this, the churches that were reading this, the believers that were reading this, the persecution that they suffered to those early believers? No question. But there's no question also that the entire book was not fulfilled in the past. And we're going to get to one of those particular situations where I will reiterate that again. But this up-and-down pattern, why is it there? The up-and-down pattern is to show you that whenever some situations on earth become dark, dismal, difficult, even martyrdom, the scene stops and we're then transported back to heaven, God is still in control. And that's where we are with chapter 19. God is still in control. The people are worshiping him. Verse 6, the marriage supper of the Lamb has come. And that's what it says, verse 6, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty uh, peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. And the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Verse 9, And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship. But he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy so this is a amazing scene in heaven it's the ultimate celebration of the wedding where you're invited the book of revelation speaks about your name is written in the book of life that's the important thing you want to get from revelation Yes, you can wrestle with all the specific details where the book of Revelation doesn't specifically interpret them. But if you miss the point of Revelation, that Jesus is the one who gave his life, sacrificed himself, ultimately holds you and all destiny in his hands, and is the only one worthy to open the scroll that contains future destiny, including you and your name then you want to be in relationship with him. And no matter what happens in your life, 
whether it's persecution, whether it's problems, whether it's heartache, whether it's distress, remember this up and down scenery of Revelation. Remember, the curtain closes when things get tough just to remind us, wait a minute, wait a minute, God's still on his throne. You want to worship him. You want to follow him. So here it continues in chapter 19. You have ultimately here uh, heaven opening in verse 11. Heaven is opened and there's a white horse and there's one sitting on it called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. It goes on to describe him and it says, and the name by which he is called is the word of God. Now you obviously know that this is a picture of Jesus. He is the Word, John 1, who's the author of the book of Revelation, John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, or Word was divine. Clearly, this is a reference to Jesus, the faithful and true one, the one that we're admonished to follow. He ultimately comes, though, and he brings both judgment as well as salvation. In verse 17, I saw an angel standing in the sun with a loud voice, and he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come, gather for the great supper of God. Now there's two different suppers. One is the marriage feast. That's the one you want to be invited to. And you're invited to that when you give your life to Jesus Christ. You don't want to be part of the other great supper of God because that is to eat the flesh of the kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, all these different things, both great and small. That is the judgment. So there's two different paths that you can choose. The marriage feast, that's where I want to be, and that's where I will be, because I've given my life to Jesus Christ. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess with your tongue that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You don't have to doubt about that. You don't have to worry, are you good enough? You're not. You don't have to worry, can you work? You can't. You have to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give him your sins, repent of those sins, and trust him. Give your life to him. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. And you're going to be at that marriage feast. That doesn't mean everything's going to be rosy between now and and the time that you pass from this earthly life. But it means that you're not going to be at this other great supper of God. Now, verse um, 1, chapter 20. This begins with what's called the millennium, the thousand-year reign. Now, if you're thinking that the book of Revelation is completely fulfilled only in the past, you have to deal with this particular section. Because this is the thousand-year reign where it talks about an angel coming down from heaven. So now the scene comes to earth, moving from the heavenly scene to the earthly scene. Holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit in a great chain. And he sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, oh, here it is interpreted, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him, so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Now, if the book of Revelation was completely fulfilled in the past, and Satan has been incarcerated, and he doesn't have the ability to deceive people anymore, 
then why do people get tested? Why is there still evil in the world? Why, in fact, do people still commit sin if Satan is completely incarcerated and unable to tempt people? So this is a passage in terms of where you're going to put that in history. I don't think there's any way that you can say that this is all fulfilled in the past. I don't think you can say that. I don't think any of us would say, well, I don't have to deal with Satan anymore. He's already been incarcerated. Now, we can say that the blood of the Lamb covers us, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to be tested. tested. He's going to test everybody. He tested Jesus Christ. Tested him in the wilderness. He tested him at the Garden of Gethsemane and everywhere in between. He tested him at the cross. You're going to be tested. The adversary is roaring about seeking whom he may devour. This is the 1,000-year millennium. Now, some people say, well, it's symbolic and that it doesn't represent a 1,000 literal years. Well, again, I'm not going to take sides on that. The only thing I would say is I don't see how in the world you could come down on the fact that this has been completely fulfilled in the past. Whether you say the thousand years is symbolic or whether you say that it is literal, that's up for debate. We do know that what will happen is Satan will be bound and you'll have a millennium, whether that is literal or a specific uh, reference to a period of time. There are so many different interpretations on that I will ultimately let you continue that study. But again, while you do that, don't, don't miss the forest for the trees. Don't miss the message of Revelation. Let's end chapter 19 with this good note. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Verse 11, chapter 20. From his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, the interesting thing is this is the judgment. This goes back to this other place earlier that we talked about, the Great Supper of God. Here we're going back to judgment again. There's no reference here to those that are written in the book of life uh, in terms of what happens to them. We already know what happens to them. They're invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is those whose names are not in the book of life. This is the ultimate final judgment. Now, we will conclude our study with the book of Revelation on the next Covenant Journey podcast because we then now approach the new heaven and new earth in chapter 21 and uh, chapter 22 powerful way to end the book of Revelation because it begins with a powerful presentation and focus on Jesus. It ends with a powerful presentation and focus on Jesus as well. Again, remember this up and down theme. It is there for a reason, to press you into God, 
into relationship with God so that your name is in the book of life. And it is when you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. And you'll be at the marriage supper, the marriage celebration. And you'll be in the new heaven and the new earth. And you'll be there forever. There will be no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. And God will be in control even in the places of your life where you may not be able to see it at this moment. Remember, the curtain will go back in the dark times of your life here on this earth. And remember who's sitting on the throne. Remember who's worthy, who paid the price for your ultimate forgiveness and your eternal salvation. This is the real core theme of the book of Revelation. For more information, visit covenantjourney.org. You've been listening to the Covenant Journey podcast. We hope that we have informed, inspired, and encouraged you to deepen your faith, knowledge, and love for our Lord Jesus as we've explored the Word of God. Visit covenantjourney.org where you can obtain additional notes and information to enhance your study of the Scriptures. The website again is covenantjourney.org. You can also email us at cj at covenantjourney.org. Share this podcast with your friends. Visit covenantjourney.org.